Welcome to the Everything Early Childhood podcast designed for approved providers, nominated supervisors, and other childcare leaders. This fun, lighthearted, and very serious podcast features weekly episodes on strategy, advice, and conversations with fascinating and inspiring people from across our sector. Join the journey and have access to the tools and inspiration you need to create high-performing childcare businesses. Let's get started. Hello, friends. Welcome to this week's episode of Everything Early Childhood. I was just doing a little dance there to the little intro. Um, I'm so happy to be here today with you all um, sharing some wisdom and just my sort of thoughts this week. I have been so busy, gosh. Um, we've been doing so many um, service visits. Today was an office coaching day. So, and I just reflected on today and how just grateful I feel for the opportunity to work with such amazing coaching clients. Um, really is a privilege to work with them professional and personal and to see their growth. Um, and I'm honored to be part of their journey. So I look forward to continuing our meaningful work together and making a positive impact in their lives. But what I wanted to talk to you all about today, so during some of our service visits, and it was something that I remember going through, you know, multiple times in my career as well. And so it's something that does come up often. And I feel like there's a bit of a divide. It's it's continuing on our topic of kindness. And I feel like there's a bit of a divide between, you know, the really experienced educators um, and educators just coming into the service and being introduced to the service. And you know, there's some there's some times where um, you know an inexperienced or you know they're new. We call them green. Um, they come into the service and they can um, feel that. So they come into the service and they can feel that they're not supported, they're not heard, that people roll their eyes at them, and that they're just not valued. And you know, and I come across people all the time, just um, sporadically, you know, in my day to day life, not even in early childhood, but outside. And they'll say, "Yeah, once upon a time, I was in early childhood." And I'll be like, "Oh, amazing! Like, what happened?" And they'll tell me about this really toxic and negative experience that they've had in the sector, and it makes me so sad. And so, I guess there's two sides of this. One side is that not every center is the same. So it's really important to find the service that resonates with your soul, with your heart, and you go there and it just feels like home. It feels like a place that you belong. It feels like a place where you just resonate with each other immediately. And it just feels like that place that, you know, just, oh, you just sets your soul on fire and you just want to be a part of it and you're excited. Now, the second part of it is that we need to reflect as professionals in our sector with what type of experience that we are providing for these people coming into the sector um, new, that are new to the sector and what experience we are providing because there's a lot of frustration and there's a lot of negativity and negative feelings being um, portrayed towards the, the new educators coming in. I know 100% how frustrating it can be, but 
well, when, you know, you're trying to train an educator to do certain tasks and they're not doing it, they're not doing it, they're not doing it. And you feel like, I know, sometimes that you're speaking, you're like, am I speaking French? Am I speaking a different language? Like, do you not understand what I'm saying? I get it. But at the same time, I think that we need to have compassion and more compassion for remembering that we were at that stage at one point in our lives as well and what it would mean for that person and the rest of their career for that for them to have that positive beautiful first experience um, in the sector so we've been noticing it a little bit lately like not even just with inexperience versus experience but even personality clashes um, even just little tiny things so I just wanted to talk about it today I just wanted to talk about it I just wanted to get it out of the open and I just wanted you oh, to share some really great um, tips and some advice around really seeing people for who they are and not only just seeing people for who they are but also seeing people for who they can become so we often do this with children so beautifully because we have no choice like with the children they're seen as innocent they're seen as a blank page they're seen as a an opportunity to paint the portrait and and shape the knowledge and future and and their brains so but why do we not be why are we not able to relate that back over to our team and to our team members why can't we just go in with curiosity with compassion with patience and persistence to just be like, you know what, my only goal here and my only intention here is for you to be the best human being that you can. So we're going to talk about some ways to um, do that in our everyday practice. And I really want to hear from you um, in your services with what you have done. How have you made a difference um, to the educators' lives that you're touching every single day? Because it's not just about the children. It's about the experience that you create with your team as well. So a beautiful trait is not only being able to recognize who a person is, but also seeing who they can become. So as I said, I'm seeing lots of many different reactions from people in leadership about certain people they work with or who are under them. They scrub their nose, they shake their head. They're like, yep, I just don't quite resonate with that person. So as a leader, it's really important. It's one of the most challenging parts of leadership. So no matter what part of leadership or how how long you've been leading people, it's always something that you can work on and it's always something that you can grow in is knowing how to um, recognize people, knowing how to assess their communication styles, knowing how to recognize their learning styles, knowing how to Um, change your approach because it's not up to everyone else to change their approach. It's up to us as leaders to recognize what our, um, the people that we are leading, what their approach is and meet them where they are at. But in order to do that, we need to um, take the time to really assess and get to know every single person that we are working with and working alongside. Now, we talked, we've actually been talking about this a lot recently that whether you're um, a director, whether you're like a 2IC, an educational leader, a room leader, an educator, every single person is a leader. Every single person is a leader to a certain extent. Even if you don't lead anyone, 
you still are leading yourself. So really step up and really get to know everyone around you because if we all have this as a joint whole centre philosophy and whole centre mission, imagine how beautiful of an environment that you can create that people want to stay, people want to be around. It will attract, like, um, I don't know if you listened to our episode a few weeks ago, um, you know, we always say your vibe attracts your tribe, Jake just held on to it, he loved it. But again, it's so true. The energy that you portray is the energy that you attract. So your vibe attracts your tribe. So really think about and really paint the picture and map it out. Do a visual mind map with your team. Um, so even if you can't get your team involved as a leader, start that process What because that is what your culture will become. And remember, what you walk past is what you are willing to accept. So if you hear something that's not in line with your culture or that it's not in line with your commandments, it's really important that you address it then and there and say, hey guys, like we talked about this. This is not in line with what we discussed. We we actually called them um, 12 commandments. And so our whole team came up with um, 12 commandments and it was 12 um, rules almost that we decided as a team that were things that we were going, that we wanted to see in our service every single day. So one of these things was whenever you walk in in the morning, you say good morning. Because to a lot of people, even though it might not have anything to do with anyone else, some people might feel like, oh, well, you said good morning to Sarah over there, but you didn't say good morning to me. And we know in services that this can take a whole (laughs) new life of its own. So we really want to make sure that everyone's equal. Everyone's on a playing field. You say good morning to everyone. You walk in the door, you say good morning. That was something that was important. Um, What else was important? So it's going to look different for every single service with what those 12 commandments are. But it's agreements that you are going to, it's like setting boundaries, it's like setting expectations with your children in your in your group. Um, you know, what would be okay? What would we be okay with? What are we not okay with? So everybody is on the same page. But do it with your team so that you can have your 12 commandments for your team. And that is just, you know, what you want your experience to be like. We spend, we spend more time with the people that we work with than we do with our own families. And we, you know, we choose our families. We choose the, our loved ones, the people that we want to spend our time with. But there are at times at work that we, we don't and we, we're not going to be friends with every single person in the service. And you know what? Oh, that's Okay. You don't need to be friends with everybody. But um, at the same time, that was just my door slamming shut. Um, at the same time, you also need to respect and it, we are in a profession. We are in a profession. So it's important to be professional um, in our services that we do set those um, expectations and boundaries and we respect each other. So it doesn't have to come down to like. It doesn't have to come down to friendship. It just means that we need to to respect each other because we're all here to do a job and a role and we all have a, an important role to play every single day. So let's talk about boundaries. So we want to create boundaries and markers on what your expectations are but allow each and every person and encourage them to map out their journey and how they will get there. 
So um, I remember that there was a quote. I can't remember it off the top of my head, like word for word, but it was something along the lines of like, tell tell me what you need, not how to do it. Because, and there's been so many times in my career, which is like when I'm like, oh, I would have never thought of that. So let them know the expectations. Let them know what you want from them. Let them know exactly what you want but allow them to paint the picture and map out their own journey with how they get there and check in with them, check how they're going, check their progress, check that they're on track. But I think that you might be pleasantly surprised with what you might get if we let go of that control and really allow that person to be themselves. So I remember really early on as a leader that one of my biggest frustrations was you know, why don't people stay back? Why can't they keep their room clean? Why can't, um, you know, they set up their environment before they leave? Why can't they pack up outdoors before they come indoors? Like how hard is it? Why can't they do it? And it is, it's really, really frustrating. But what we need to do is we need to accept that not everyone is like us, nor do they need to be, or nor does everybody or everything need to be the way done, the way we would do it. So going back to last week with my tissue box example, um, my crappy tissue box, you know, not everyone would want to put their tissue box there. But it's really important that we let them know. um, And really, I've been doing a lot of work personally this week, actually, around like, you know, teaching people how to treat you. So, you know, working through a whole bunch of stuff. And it's something that my family has always said, like we teach people how to treat us. So it's really about speaking up for yourself, like when something is not um, happening or going your way. Um, And it's also about just accepting, acceptance that not everyone is like you and that is okay. But if it is impacting the children, if it is impacting your experience, then you need to say something um, rather than that pent up frustration inside, um, you know, eating away at you because the only person that it's then impacting is you. So if you're not speaking up and you're holding it inside, the only person that it's impacting is yourself. So if we spent more time lighting all the flames around us, imagine how brightly the space would shine. And it's actually one of my favorite quotes, you know, like, um, you know, if I take a candle, light all the other candles, like it makes, it would just make everything shine brighter. Like it doesn't take away any of my light. And I think if we have the intention with going into every single day with feeling like, okay, how can I make someone smile today? How can I, um, you know, help someone today? What can I learn about myself today? How can I help somebody today? So, and really just asking yourself these questions and going into each day with this intention, it will change your entire life and it will change your entire experience that you have in the service. Remember that we are in control of how we feel. If you look at that wheel, you know, the wheel, the circles where it says what we can control and what we cannot control, we cannot control anyone else. We can set them up for success. We can get to know each and every person. And the better you know the people that you work with and the people that you lead, the easier it is to lead them. 
what motivates them, how they communicate, what's their learning style. And if you do that up front and you adjust your style to theirs, imagine how much more successful that relationship will be and how much like all all that anyone in the world, like Oprah, ask Oprah, right? She did an interview. She said, somebody asked her, she said, out of all of these like, you know, people that you've met over the years, like, you know, what is your one thing? What is your one thing? And she said, look, if there's one thing that everybody needs and everybody wants, it's to be heard, seen and heard. Every single person wants to do a good job. But if you're only giving negative feedback, if you're not giving any feedback at all, if you hold in that negativity they, they pick it up. They know. They're not silly. So give feedback respectfully. Um, go back to that feedback. You know, be kind to people. You know, just say, ask them. If you find that each time you try to give them feedback because it's in your style that you're presenting that, then come back and say, well, how would you like to receive feedback? And then present it to them in that way. So stop. you don't even have to wonder. You don't even have to guess. Just ask them. Um, and then change your style with how you present it to them each, each time after that. So when you're a leader, it's about having a vision. It's about believing in your people and bringing out the best in them. And I can say it over and over again, but we have an obligation to do that because we're not only leading, you know, we're not only leading children, we're leading beautiful human beings and we're in such an amazing position that every single human being that we are associated with is different and comes from a different perspective, a different background, um, has different strengths, has different interests. And the more time that you spend to get to know what these are and actually show a genuine um, interest in their lives, the more that you'll Um, get out of people and the more that people will feel a sense of belonging. I think it's important to remember that every single person has something valuable to contribute. It's just about understanding who they are, training them with the knowledge and supporting them to find their own way there. So, and we can all do that. We can all do that, as I said, setting that intention every single morning and being a part of that process for that person. And we can all, and we all have the power to make a difference. But going back to the control, we only have control over ourselves. We only have control over how we feel, how we respond, how we react, how we talk to people, how we engage with people, what feelings we hold on to or what we make things mean. So going back to the example um, of when you arrive in the morning or when somebody arrives in the morning and you're like, oh, well, Charlie didn't say good morning to me this morning. So it might mean, you know, that little inner voice inside your head is like, oh, it must mean that she doesn't like me. So in a service, we know how toxic that is when somebody feels like there's one person that's talking about them or one person that doesn't like them and they don't know why. Go and talk to them. Go and talk to them and ask them. You know, just feeling like, you know, things are not quite right, just not feeling right, not good energy. Um, Whatever you need to say, whatever's in your language, go and address it and go and say to them, hey, I feel like, and they can't control how you feel. So you can tell them straight away, this is how I feel. Or like, hey, you arrived this morning and you didn't say good morning to me. Is everything okay? 
Like maybe they're not okay. What's going on for them? And usually nine times out of 10, whether it's a parent, whether it's another educator, it's about them. It's not even about us. And we spend so much time internally thinking about ourselves that I think if we just flip this, flip it and start thinking about others, um, then I think it would be a much better world. So let's talk about, so we acknowledge people's strengths. We want to get the most out of our team and we want our team to build and stay with us for the long term. And part of that is developing a culture of feeling as like people belong. And so when we survey educators and when we talk to them, we say, why do you love it here? Like, why do you stay here? Like we, we come across services or like people that have been in services for like 15, 20 years um, who are still highly motivated, driven, really, um, you know, enthusiastic and, and about that. And we're like, why did you stay? Like, why have you stayed so long? And they're like, they just feel like family. They're my family. They've been through, um, you know, the ups, the downs. They've been there for me. They talk to me. They care about me. And, you know, you start to build those rituals. You start to really be part of not only your work life, but your life in general um, and be part of those processes with each other. So, The first stage is really acknowledging and appreciating the strengths of our team members. It's really critical to building a strong team that works together effectively. Every individual has unique strengths and talents and it's our job as leaders to identify and nurture these strengths. We want to make sure that we're observing our team members closely and recognizing their strengths in action is a great way to acknowledge these talents. So when we're really great at something, we can tend to become quite robotic in the the actions and we don't actually realize how amazing we are at them or how amazing anyone is at them when you're amazing at something. So if you point that out and you spend your day pointing out all of the amazing things about the people around you, because I guaranteed if I said to you, can you tell me something about this person? Tell me something about this person. And in fact, I had the conversation with someone yesterday at a service and literally like they were pointing out to me, um, you know, all of these amazing things about every single person um, that they were leading, I was like, wow, they really know their team. But then my next thought was like, is this documented? How is this documented? How is this used in practice every day? And then my second thought is like, have you told them that? Because they would really love to hear that. And I think if we focus more of our time on these beautiful praises and beautiful moments of, you know, what we what you focus on is what you will attract. So if we focus on all of these beautiful moments and kindness and start spreading this positivity, then we will get more of it because that is what will continue to attract to you. Um, we want to make sure that we provide opportunities for team members to showcase their strengths and talents. Um, so are they good at events? Are they good at, um, you know, communicating with families? Are they great at tours? Are they great at, like, I don't care if you're a trainee, but you're great at tours and you're a personable person. I will train you and you'll be amazing at it. Let them have that opportunity. So you want to invest in the professional development of team members. It's crucial to getting the most out of your team long term. And as leaders, we should support our team members in developing their skills and knowledge and really encourage them to grow and learn. 
So when we were, when I started as a trainee many, many years ago, we had like, I don't even know like why or what we did. We just, you know, I don't know. As educators, we love stationery. We love books. We love, you know, and I remember all the way back then, it was really um, embedded in us, in our soul to have our own collection of books. And so um, as we started new roles or as we sort of went to new services, we just took our books with us because, you know, we wrote our name in them. They're our books and we developed a collection of books that we loved that were our own. Um, they are tax deductible. We bought them out of our own money. They're tax deductible. But what's happened is that over the years, um, I don't I don't quite understand it, for, but from my opinion is, is like people thought, well, why should I have to spend my own money? Why should I have to do this? And you don't have to. The service should provide you know, plentiful resources and what you need to do your role. But it's almost like a pride thing. It's almost like, you know, being proud to have your own collection of books so that you can share them with the children. And I know if I ask, I don't know so much if it happens anymore, but, you know, we used to say all the time, oh, what's your favourite book? And we have favourite children's books that we used to carry with us, um, you know, to different services and and share as we went around. And it's like, and, and and, you know, share that with the children because sometimes the children don't get to experience um, different books because they only have they're only used to the books that are sort of in the service. So it was really great that the educators were able to that because that was a strength. That was a passion. They were able to share their favorite book with their group of children. And you could see the difference between an educator just picking a book up off the shelf and reading it and then reading a book that they knew off by heart because they've read it so many times and they were excited about it. So bring back the storytelling, bring back the drama, bring back like those moments that excite you. Like what do you remember from, you know, your whole career? Like go back to those moments, go back to those times and don't lose sight of it. Hang on to it tight and keep incorporating it into the service and into the culture that you are building within your service. So we want to get the most of our team members' um, benefits to children. So we serve as they receive the best quality care and education possible. So when we acknowledge the strengths of our team members, it can also help them to feel valued, motivated, which can lead to increased job satisfaction and retention. We want to recognize the unique talents of our team members and then assign them tasks and responsibilities more effectively because we know our team, we know what they like, we know what they're good at. Um, and leading to improve. This will lead to improved productivity and efficiency because they love it. So, And often people will feel bad. Like I come across leaders that are like, oh no, they've got so much on. I don't want to give them anything else. Like they actually love it. Like um, what's an example? Like I was like, oh, can you just audit the files? And if you have somebody that's very data driven and likes to tick boxes and tick things off lists, they will thrive on that. Like if you go into the room and spend time with the children and then give them time to do that, they will love it. And they will go home at the end of the day feeling so satisfied because they have achieved it. They've got that productivity. They've ticked all their little boxes. Whereas, and then you, you would also go home at the end of the day feeling very satisfied because you had that joy. You had your heart filled. You've got that cup, you know, fill, filled up to the top because you got to spend the time with the children. So it's win-win for both um, parties. So, but ask the question. If you're not sure, ask them the question. 
So creating a culture that values the strengths of team members can also lead to more inclusive and diverse workplaces. So when we recognize and celebrate the unique talents of our team members, we can create a space where everyone feels valued and included. And it's important to remember that acknowledging the team's strengths um, it's th- with all of our members, it's not just about improving performance or achieving organizational goals. It's about also building the relationships and creating a positive workplace culture where everyone feels supported and empowered to do their best work. And that's it, guys. I'm going to leave it at that. But I want to know, get in touch with me. What have you done? What are you doing? What are you going to do today when you go into your service, when you go and visit your family, your friends, whoever, how are you going to make a positive impact? How are you going to make a difference? How are you going to make every moment count? Not only for you, but for everyone around you. Because remember, a smile is contagious and we want to spread kindness like confetti. And that's it. Thanks so much for listening, guys. A little short episode today, but I just wanted to remind you all, have patience, have compassion. Remember that we were all there um, one day. You know, we were all there as well. At that point, we were all beginners. So get back that beginner's mindset. Really look at our people, get to know who they are. The better you know your people, the easier it is to lead them. So until next week, thank you so much for listening wherever you are in Australia. Can't wait to touch base with you um, and connect. Um, And until next week, keep making every moment count and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Everything Early Childhood podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. We read them all. (laughs) To catch all the latest from me, your host, Lisa Brown, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Lisa Brown underscore Platinum Ed. Thanks again for listening. Keep making every moment count and I'll see you next time.